Your Partner in Success Radio is a free business podcast with host Denise Griffiths. It's all about great stories, conversation, and context to help you move your business and life forward with actionable tips and advice from her guest experts. To listen and subscribe, just find us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you consume your podcasts. Welcome to your Partner in Success Radio, where top performers share their secrets to help you achieve your personal and professional goals. I am your host, Denise Griffiths, and together with my incredible guests, we bring you inspiring and actionable insights to take your life and your business to the next level. Ranked in the top 2% globally, this podcast really is a must-listen, and it's all because of my guests. Let's dive in, sit back, relax, and prepare to enjoy the limitless possibilities that await you on this, your journey to success. And today, I have the pleasure of welcoming back Master Business Coach and Digital Marketing Business Owner, Lindsay Anderson. And she joins us to explore the power of AI, artificial intelligence. She's here to help us discover how incorporating AI tools like ChatGPT can elevate your marketing and your sales endeavors. And as the founder of the Build and Monetize Agency, she specializes in guiding coaches to attract aligned clients, and she excels in instructing on profitable strategies, that's so important, strategies for online entrepreneurs. And in the realm of marketing and sales, integrating AI tools like ChatGPT raises crucial questions. Among those, how can we effectively use these tools to attract high-quality clients? And how do we maintain authenticity in the digital landscape? Business who are business owners, I'm sorry, who are eager to implement AI need practical tips for seamless integration while being mindful of potential pitfalls in marketing, sales, and broader business operations. Good morning, Lindsay. It's a pleasure to have you back on your Partner in Success Radio. I think we were mentioning in the green room, it was about eight years ago that you were here. That's too long. I'm thrilled. Yeah, I know. I know, Denise. It's such a pleasure to be here today. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, and, you know, thank you. Our mutual friend and colleague, Jim Palmer, said, hey, Denise, remember Lindsay? Oh, geez, of course I do. I stumble across you all the time on social media. I love what you're doing. It's like, how did I not ask you to come back much earlier? So I apologize, but you're here now. So let's make it happen. Let's do it. I'm excited about this topic today, too, Denise. I think I think there's a lot of value here. So I'm excited to talk to you about it. In the podcast industry, I often see people who have been a podcaster for, oh, eight and a half minutes, but all of a sudden they're offering advice and tips and information. Are you seeing the same thing with ChatGPT? Yeah, I think that um that that's a real that's a real problem and I think ChatGPT first of all yes people you know it came out in November the late November 2022 is really when it hit the scene and you know that hasn't been that long we're recording this episode in October of 23 so maybe it's been out a year but yeah you'll see people that are stepping up as experts but where I think the real the real thing is when we're talking about this issue, Denise, is that ChatGPT will allow those individuals from any from any kind of industry, whether it be podcasting or digital marketing or coaching or anything at all, that all of a sudden, with the help of tools like AI, ChatGPT, you are going to be able to sound like an expert. And so 
for our prospects, they are going to be left wondering, well, is that person an expert or is that person just somebody who knows how to prompt ChatGPT to sound like an expert? And so I think for our prospects, this problem of, well, you've only been doing this for like a handful of weeks and now you're an expert, I think it's going to become even more rampant. Listen, I see the same thing with the podcast industry. We're constantly being told that, you know, we're experts. I live on Facebook a lot of the time. I have to because I have a lot of clients there. And there's a couple of Facebook groups that I belong to. And honestly, Lindsay, I will never need a facelift. I go into these groups and I see what they're advising. And oh my gosh, my eyebrows hit my hairline. I look like I had a bad facelift. I look permanently surprised. And the sad thing is people take their advice. It's bad advice. It's uneducated advice. And I have no doubt we're going to see the same thing with chat GPT and other AI. You know, people are jumping on it. It's new. It's shiny. And off they go without really knowing what they're doing. And I think some damage is going to be caused. I mean, I would agree if if it already hasn't already, right, uh, been caused because that's the that's the thing about AI is how fast and quickly it is moving. Like every day there is a new update and a new piece of software and Google and all the big tech are all integrating it. Like um, just even for a quick example, Facebook ads, um, you know, I'm, I'm very I do a lot of Facebook ads and like that is all going towards AI and it's happening very, very quickly. And for a platform like that, that has been around for a really long time and has done business in a certain way for a really long time, the massive amounts of changes that just that piece of software is making to the ads because of AI, it's just moving so, so quickly. And so it's hard to keep up. It's hard to catch up and it's hard to really I don't think we're going to know the effects of all of this until many years later. Exactly. That's exactly right. So when you're talking about chat GPT, how does it help you get great clients in marketing and sales? Because we have to be authentic. We have to use our own voice. And I think that's a big problem with chat is people just, oh, this is good. That sounds, yeah, that's good. But they're not prompting it to write in their own voice in their own persona and what they really do have to offer. So let's chat about that. Yeah, and I think that's one of the major drawbacks of ChatGPT and and un, and people who don't have experience with it, they'll go to ChatGPT, they'll type in some, you know, some prompt about like, "Hey, give me five Instagram ideas for my dentist my dentistry business." And then they'll take whatever the output is that ChatGPT gets and they'll go put it on social media. And it's pretty obvious that it's a bot. It doesn't sell very well and it's just very ineffective. So, Denise, the way that I really tackle that is through when you're using ChatGPT for marketing and sales, I teach a 20-60-20 rule. And so ChatGPT, this is what you, you got to know the expectations going into this powerful piece of software so that you can get the very most out of it. It will not do all of the marketing and sales work for you. But if you follow the 20-60-20 rule, you can get it to do over 60% of the work for you. So 20%, the first 20%, Denise, is all about those prompts. So to give you an idea, ChatGPT works best when you give it really good context. So for example, my prompts that I give ChatGPT, 
These things are over 50 lines long. I'm not giving it just one sentence. I organize my prompts. I give ChatGPT proper context so it knows what kind of information that I want to get out of it. Otherwise, it doesn't know that you want it to act like a marketer. It doesn't know that you want it to use white hat, the best techniques. It doesn't know anything. You have to tell it that. And so my prompts going in to make ChatGPT really help me with marketing and sales. The prompts include everything from who my one true client is, who I serve, what my specialties are, what my resume is, what the three biggest problems are that my clients have. And then I can actually ask ChatGPT for some really good output. So the first 20% is all about context and good prompting. And again, cannot underline this enough that you want to be very organized about those prompts. If you're going to take the time to sit down and write out a 50-line prompt, keep that organized. It becomes a business asset so that when you pass that off to a VA or when you sell your business, that is definitely a business asset. So the first 20% are prompting and to take that seriously. And what you put into ChatGPT is exactly what you'll get out of it. Now, the good news is, and the 20-60-20 rule, Denise, is that ChatGPT will do 60% of the heavy lifting for you. If you give it 20% good prompts, it will give you really amazing output on the other side. And then we have the final 20%, which is reading what ChatGPT gave back to you, making sure it's what you want it to say, and then adding a little bit of human emotion or humanizing it a bit after it comes out of ChatGPT. That is how you use ChatGPT for really effective sales and marketing is the 20-60-20 rule. I wrote it all down. Now, when you make, and I've got a question, when you have 50 lines are you just picking and choosing what you want to ask ChatGPT for that particular piece of content that you need? Or are you putting the whole 50 lines in? Great question, Denise. Great question. So let me, let me set this up by saying this, okay? ChatGPT, this is what I like to call it. ChatGPT, Denise, is like that VA that you never have to pay, okay? The, if, and if you treat it like a team member, then it will, it will really act just like that team member. So in response to your question, ChatGPT gives you the ability to chat with it in different threads. And so, and it will store the threads for you. So for, and these are different conversations or different VAs that you have. So for example, in my ChatGPT, I have a thread where I'm talking to it about podcast guesting. I have a thread where I'm talking to it about my content that converts program. That's my coaching program. I have a separate thread where I talk to it about um, my Instagram post for my coaching business. And so I go in very organized and, and basically those are conversations that I'm having with it in, in those, in those different threads. And so every time I sit down at ChatGPT, instead of opening up a brand new prompt window and, and having to say, okay, ChatGPT, I am, a, I, I am a digital marketing coach. I do this. I do this. Here's my perfect client. Here's their problems. All of this. Okay. It, if I keep it in threads 
And uh, th then it already has all that information because I've, it will remember it over the course of days and months and weeks. And so now I can always return back to that conversation. And I don't have to give it so much context because I've shown enough organization and self-discipline to just have those threads very, very separate. And so that saves you a lot of time because you feed ChatGPT in these threads. Hey, this is where I'm coming from when it comes to podcast guesting. Hey, this is where I'm coming from when it comes to my social media. I don't have to feed it every time I talk to it because it remembers the last part of our conversation and the context in which I was asking those questions. Am I making sense, Denise? I am scribbling like a crazy person. I do use chat GPT. I'm careful with it. And I thought I knew about threads, but I'm finding out from listening to you that I am not giving them the proper care and feeding. So I just learned a big lesson and thank you. Yeah. And just let me, let me just, let just double underline that. Like, watch those threads. So for example, I te I help a lot, my one-on-one -on -one clients. Um, we use ChatGPT a lot in marketing and sales. And so my threads, I have a dedicated thread for every single one of my coaching clients and every single one of my one-on-one -on -one clients. So then when I hop on another coaching call, all I have to do is go back to that thread. I don't have to retell ChatGPT who that client is. It already knows because that was the conversation we were having last week when I was on with this client. That is brilliant. I'm almost speechless. And you know me, that almost never happens. But I interview a lot of people on this podcast. I am blessed to do so. And I really, and you and I have talked about this offline, I really try to share what my, my guests do, who they are, what they do. And particularly if they have our authors, I have hundreds of books in this room. I'm looking over at my, my bookcases and every single book in this room. And I call this my entrepreneurial library was gifted by my podcast guests. I've read them. I reviewed them. I'm constantly saying, Hey people, Christmas is coming. Here's some great books for you. But I have not started a thread for my guests because I'm constantly saying, Oh, have I done anything good for them? What have I done? What I, if I keep track of it in a thread, I don't have to rack my brain or go into my, my documents. No, you, you don't. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. I'm glad you found value there. It's all about, again, it's the VA you don't have to pay. And just like a VA, Denise, you have to give it the right context. You have to be organized about it. You have to give it enough information so it can actually help you out on the other end. So often business owners sit down at ChatGPT, they type in some lame prompt, they get garbage back out and they close their computer and say, I hate ChatGPT. It always sounds like a bot. But instead, if ChatGPT gives you back some sort of Maybe it gives you an Instagram post that it's not necessarily the positioning you want or the angle you wanted it to take it at. Just like you would talk to a VA, you wouldn't be like, that sucks. I'll write it. You know, that sucks. You're fired. No, you'd be like, hey, VA, um, actually, could you take it from this positioning and this angle and give ChatGPT a chance? Have a conversation with it and you can get it to do a lot of work for you and sound like you. That is true. And you know what I hate? And I'm constantly telling ChatGPT, stop adding those stupid icons. It when does like emojis, the, doesn't oh, it, Denise? <laughs> emojis. I hate them. And when you see somebody's just taking something straight out of chat, they've put it on social, saying, uh-huh, 
you know exactly where it came from. Yeah. And I mean, that's just part of those prompts that you are giving it and those conversations you're having is, and make sure that you include no emojis or five emojis, like just tell it what you want. But also part of that last 20% where you're cleaning it up, making sure it sounds like you, you know, you can take out some of those emojis at that point as well. Yeah, you're right. It does love emojis, doesn't it? Oh, I hate them. I don't like them at any time of the day or night. I just don't like them. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, peeve. So, and going back to what you were just talking about, how do we, when, when you've got, okay, this is the final blog post, or this is the final article, or this is the, the final social media, and what you say about reading it is so important. And here's my suggestion, read it out loud, because that's, that's where probably, I know, uh, you, you look, you are in front of a computer all the time, so am I. We get what I call banner blindness. It's not the correct term, but we may not see that we wrote the, the twice. You know, we're not going to see silly mistakes because we're just kind of glancing at it. But when you read it out loud, you're like, oh, okay, well, let me fix that. But how do we keep things real and personal? And I don't mean real personal, but once you've read it and and you've read it out loud, how do you, you know, just kind of maybe add something that's a little bit more personable? into it. Yeah. That last 20%, you know, as strong and, and as, as powerful as AI and chat GPT can be, it's not a human Denise. And really when you're doing effective sales and marketing, it all comes down to making the other person feel emotion and connecting through some sort of shared emotion. And so when I get those prompts back from ChatGPT, I go in and I either try, this is what ChatGPT can't do. It can't add a human story. It doesn't know the feeling of walking into a networking event and you not knowing anyone. It wouldn't even know to put that. And so adding just these little humanizing stories that evoke emotion or caused you to feel, it's all about feeling, feeling some sort of way. And then you add that to that, whatever it gives to you, then your audience on the other side, that's where they connect with you. That's where we can enjoy a shared human emotion um, because we've, it's like, oh, I've been there before. Yeah. I've definitely walked into a networking event where I haven't known anyone. I get that. And when you can make your audience say, I get that, that's when your followers will grow. That's when people will really want to connect with you on social media and through your content marketing. And storytelling is important. We talk a storytelling. lot about Yeah, we talk a lot about storytelling on this podcast. People need to get to know you, like you, and trust you. And that's something that Ben Gay came up with many, many, many years ago. And now pretty much everybody uses it, but Ben Gay the third. But it's true. People want to know you. They want to like you. They want to trust you. And they can't do it if you're just being very, oh, I don't know, professional. Yeah, a little too buttoned up, a little too down the road. Like, yeah, Yeah. it's just like you're not even a real person. You're obviously like this person. It's like a persona. It's like empty. It's an empty vessel. Exactly. And that's why I use the word personable. You know, it's easy to be personable without being personal. And those are two very different things. Yeah, I like the way you worded that. Yes. So can you give us... Hang on a second. I needed to cough on you there for a second. Lindsay, can you give us some easy tips for business owners to start using AI? I mean, what you gave us at um, 
about 10, 20 minutes ago, the 20, 60, 20 rule. I want everybody to go back and, and listen to that again. But do you have any other easy tips that people can say, oh, okay, I don't have to sound like a bot. I don't have to be afraid of it. And people are afraid of it. They're like, oh, remember when we all got our first computers and we were, t- my mom was terrified of hers. And I kept saying, mom, it's just a machine. You have to guide it. You have to you're the inputer. You're the person that inputs, you know, the the information. And we all had that. I think when we first got ours, like, uh, is it going to break? Is it going to hurt us? You know. And I think a lot of people are looking at chat the same way, like, oh my god, this is scary. Yeah, I've noticed that like a lot. There is, um, for some people, there is a real strong reaction to it. And I believe that, you know, that always comes from the unknown. It's like anytime you walk into a dark room and you don't know what's in there, the unknown will always scare us. It's just the basic human emotion. And so with ChatGPT and AI and as fast as it has come online, there are a lot of business owners that are like, yeah, I'm way too scared of this. I'm going to ignore it. I don't want to deal with it because I'm scared of it. But my advice for individuals feeling that way is that chat GPT and AI is definitely here to stay. And you just ignoring it, your competitors and the market will just speed so far ahead of you because that's what it is. It's so fast that you won't be able to keep up. So my advice is, is don't ignore it, but embrace it. And it's a lot like, it's a skill. It's a skill that you learn. Of course, the I mean, first of all, the interface couldn't be any easier. It's one lot, like it is one space to enter stuff. There isn't a lot of fancy buttons or anything, but my advice is, is, is develop the skill of chat GPT and AI so that you can keep up with your competitors so that they won't speed up ahead of you. And as you get more comfortable, you'll see there isn't like, it's not this terrifying thing, but it can actually really help you. But my advice is don't just say, I'm not dealing with that because I'm scared of it, or it's a passing fad. This is not a passing fad. I view this even more as powerful or more powerful than when social media first came on the scene. And, you know, don't we all wish we would have got a Facebook account and started posting that very first day. The, The same goes for AI. And I know there are social media channels that come and go. This is not a come and go kind of thing, okay? This is here to stay. And so it's in your best interest to take a few deep breaths, sit down, and just spend a little time with ChatGPT, messing around with it, seeing what it can offer you, and really seeing how it can benefit you and your business. Because if you ignore it, your competitors will get way far ahead of you. Oh, absolutely. And you're reminding me of a conversation I had with a colleague not so long ago. And we were talking about chat GPT and he said, I'm, I don't know how to use it. I'm a little bit afraid of it. So I said, okay, well, let's try this, you know, write out. And I didn't give him the 20, 60, 20, because I didn't know it. He's getting that as soon as we get off this line. But Yeah, I said, okay, try this. You know, you're writing an article. So just write an article. It can be about fuzzy bunnies. It can be about anything. Just, you know, have fun with it. So he did. He wrote it. And it was was okay. And I said, okay, now, you know, do a couple of other things. And then I said, now write a title for it. And I said, ask the title to be, you know, strong SEO title. Big difference what it produced. Okay, now ask for some strong SEO hashtags. Huge difference. You have to know what you're asking for. 
Yeah. You have to be really, really specific about it. And, um, you know, also just like playing with it, like chat G- let me give you an, ex- let me give you a few examples of like what chat GPT can do. I think that will, because like you should start using it even in your everyday life. That's how powerful it is. So a few things, I do. I yeah, do. F- list for, for example, day. my son, um, he decided that he wanted to make homemade, um, uh, slime. So the main component of that is Elmer's glue. And he came in to be like, Hey mom, he came into my carpeted office. Hey mom, check out this slime. And he proceeded to stretch it out and it drooped onto the carpet on the floor. And so typically, obviously I didn't want green slime in my carpet. So typically I would run to YouTube and try to find how am I supposed to get freaking slime out of my carpet? And that would take me a half an hour to figure out what YouTube video to watch. But instead I pull up ChatGPT. I tell ChatGPT, "Hey, we made the slime. Now it's in the carpet. What do I do?" And out pops three really good answers to get this slime out of my carpet. And so you can use it for even practical stuff like that. Another really cool thing that I've done is I have a book list, some of my favorite books that I read and I recommend. People often ask me for what books I recommend. So I go to ChatGPT. I'm like, hey, ChatGPT, here are 10 of my favorite books. Can you please give me one sentence about why I recommend it, the title, the author, And ChatGPT spits back out this list, Denise, with all of that information, the most beautiful list, but it also added a bonus, Denise. It added a link to Amazon to purchase that book. Done that. I know exactly what you're talking about. And as for the slime, did they recommend WD-40? That seems to be the (laughs) everything. Well, well, I I believe it was like, you know, your basic mix of uh, joy, joy dish soap and, and water or vinegar. Well, that works too. I, like yeah. I got some candle wax. I have candle burnt warmers all over my house and I picked up one of my candles and accidentally tipped it over a little bit and spilled candle wax on the carpet in my office. Fortunately, I missed the cat that was sitting right underneath. Oh boy. And WD-40 came right up. And I had to be WD-40 because it was black wax. It's a Halloween candle. It's like, oh, geez. Now what? But it worked beautifully. I love that. And see, I do the same with the list. I will come in here either late at night or in the morning and say, okay, these are the three critical things that I must do today. I always do things in pairs of, you know, not pairs, in threes, triunes. And it'll give me the things that I must do. And then it'll actually go a little bit further and say, okay, this is why you might want to do this. And it it gives me a whole list and I can take it or leave it, cut it down, but it's helpful. It tells me where I need to start. I love that. Yeah. I mean, it's the best brainstorming tool out there, right? Like even if you don't want to use it for your voice, uh, it's, you know, if you're planning a course or you're planning a marketing campaign or you're giving a masterclass to sell a course, you should ask it what it recommends. You know, even if you don't use it, it can give you the right order to make the most impactful statement ever. I like to view ChatGPT as like a more organized, detailed version of myself. And that's exactly right. And I'm addicted to it. But to go back to my friend and colleague, when he said, I'm a little bit afraid of it, I don't want to do that now. And we have a a Wednesday conversation because we're working on a couple of things together. And he said, I can't wait to get up and have my coffee and get into chat GPT. I'm like, there you go. Oh, you you had him. He came around then. Yep. He's now addicted. Like the I rest. love that. I love that. <laughs> but, I love that. 
but he's producing some really good stuff, veering on great. So he's getting, you know, he's catching his breath, he's catching his stride, and he's no longer terrified of it. He knows that he's in control of it. And I think this is from what you're saying, a lot of people may not quite grasp. We're in control of the output. We're in control of what we post, you know, put it out there and then read it and make sure it's you make sure it's just, you know, pop whatever. Oh, that looks good. And then pop that out there. That's a big mistake. And those of us who are paying attention, we catch it and we no longer trust you very much. Yeah. And, and not only that, like chat GPT, you know, all it's doing is it it's, it's knowing what word typically comes next in a sentence. It's just basically calculating that. And so it is known to do what is called hallucinations where it will go off track. And so there are stories of lawyers actually asking ChatGPT for cases to back up their case. And then the lawyer will say to ChatGPT, are these real cases? And ChatGPT says, yes. And there is one particular incident where the judge found that the cases didn't even exist. And now that lawyer is in a lot of hot water. So you have to know that chat GPT, like it may seem smart, but it's not. And you have to double check that information because it will lie to you. Well, and it's not meant to take every burden off of our shoulders. We still have to do our education. We still have to do our due diligence. We still have to know what the heck we're talking about. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And that, you know, I have, I have three pillars of ChatGPT success. Would you, would you like me to share those with you, Denise? Yes, please. So the three pillars of ChatGPT success is number one, you always want to make sure you're maintaining human touch, even though AI has come along and it's going to take a lot of the work away from us, that human touch is everything, especially when it comes to marketing and sales. And now that everything is getting automated You have to learn how to create intimacy online in order to make those sales. And so human touch, now that ChatGPT is making content for you, now it's time to host more live webinars, or now it's time to more in-person reach out to your customers. Um, So maintaining human touch is the first of my three pillars of ChatGPT success. And that also includes reading the prompts and making sure it sounds like a human. Now, The second pillar of ChatGPT success is going to be infusing your expertise and value. And so we talked about this at the top of the show. How will people know if you're an expert or not an expert? How and and it really comes down to infusing your, you know, 20 years of expertise and value into ChatGPT. How do I do that? Those prompts that I give it, I have, you know, I'm, I gave you the 20-60-20 rule. I'm talking to you about the three pillars of ChatGPT success. I have a VEMS model for what to post on social media to actually attract your perfect customer. I outline these and I give them to ChatGPT so it knows what how I teach things, what my expertise is. And so then the next time I'm writing some sort of article about ChatGPT, it already knows my belief around the 20-60-20 rule. And so it will repeat that back out. And it sounds like me because it was my original teaching. And so infusing your own expertise and value, again, those prompts, I cannot, I cannot, um, I cannot say how important those are when you give it that much information and you take the time to give it good prompts. It sounds like you, cause it's saying 20, 60, 20 when it outputs for me. And that's exactly what I would say. 
And then the final pillar of ChatGPT success, Denise, is implementing a proven strategy. So spoiler alert, guys, if you had marketing and sales problems before you used ChatGPT, you will definitely have marketing and sales problems after you use ChatGPT. So if you're going in and you think it's going to solve all of these problems, it won't. You have to go in with a strategy. Why are you asking ChatGPT for this? What is the end goal? And how, as you are a human, okay, how are you going to get sales from what you're asking ChatGPT to do? So Implementing a proven strategy with ChatGPT is key in order to use it successfully. Again, I'm scribbling. On, you know, see, I've got three pages of notes <laughs> already. Already, I have to ask you, and I was going to pretend like you know this isn't me asking the question, but it is me asking the question. What is a VEMS model? The VEMS model. So. Uh, this is the other thing. So when people are doing content marketing on social media, Instagram, doesn't matter what platform you're on, most of the time they can get into trouble because all they're sharing is tips. Hey, here's tips. Here's a tip. This is how you do this. This is how you do that. But when you go in with my VEMS model on social media and you display four things, that's how you're actually going to be uh, creating that intimacy online and attracting your perfect customer. So it's VEMS. And so anytime you're posting on social media, you got to make sure you're covering your VEMS. So the first one is vibe. P as we were talking about, Denise, people don't want to do business with somebody who's all buttoned up and perfect, okay? They want to do business with a human. And so your vibe, you have to make sure that is out there on social media. For me, I'm a straight talker. I'm not going to, you know, if you come and coach with me, I'm going to be straight with you. Hey, this is what you need to do. This is the kind of work involved. This is, you know, this is where you could improve. I don't hold back. And when I'm showcasing that on social media, as people are looking for a consultant to help them scale their online business, that is very clear what kind of coaching and consultation they're going to get from me. So you have to go out with your vibe. And that is also letting them get to know you a little bit. So let me give you an example. I have a client. She's looking for a financial advisor. And I'm explaining the VEMS model to her. And she's like, you're absolutely right, Lindsay. I'm trying to choose between two financial advisors that I found online. One is a vet and one is not. One has served in the military. And she's like, because I have served in the military and because I know this particular financial advisor also has, I feel connected with them. And so I'm going to go with them. And so your vibe is also a little bit about you, some of that humanness about you so people can know what to expect when they work with you. So that is V for vibe. That is so necessary when you're doing content marketing. Now, the next piece is the E for experience. Obviously, people want to work with people who have experience and sharing testimonials and that, that kind of thing is so valuable because you have to know this, and I recommend everyone write this down, is that if people can see themselves in your testimonial, they will work with you. So it is in your best interest when you're doing content marketing is to share these testimonials in a story-based way. I'm not talking about, hey, here's a graphical 
quote, okay, those can get you so far, but what is more powerful is setting it up in story form. Like we've talked about today, Denise, and it looks like this, you know, I had a client, one of the most dramatic client transformations I've ever had was this client came to me and this was their concern. Okay. They said, if this coaching program, Lindsay doesn't work, I'm going to give up. I've been an expert voice coach for the last 20 years and I can't no coaching program will allow me to get any clients. She came into content that converts and within three months, she had 10 one-on-one clients paying her more than ever before. And now she is strategizing with me how to take her coaching from a one-to-one model to one-to-many. So all of a sudden it goes beyond, hey, here's a testimonial about how Anne has 10 clients, but I share in a story form how she came in, how she wanted to quit her business. If this didn't work, she was getting to be 65 years old. She was going to give up. And now all of a sudden it's working for her. And when we add some of those details and that emotion, people can connect with that story. And so when I tell that story and there's people in that audience that have been where Anne is and they're like... I totally am going to give up on this business if it doesn't work soon. I'm getting too old. I've got to figure something else out. They can see themselves in that story and that's when they'll reach out. So that's experience. People have to know that you have helped others like them. Okay. And then the third is methodology. People want someone with a plan. They don't want to just get on your phone and just sit and talk. Okay. Hey, Lindsay, what is your plan? And And it's basically productizing what you offer to the world instead of, hey, I'm just a coach. Okay. That's really hard to sell is, hey, I'm a coach. But what is much easier to sell is, hey, I am a coach and I have a proven system for helping you scale your online business with organic social media. And it's a step-by-step system. And I'm out there on social media and I'm talking about my product, which is content that converts my social media system that will help you organically grow through organic social media. And I'm telling them about it. I'm telling them the steps in it. They can see it. They see I have a freaking plan. And when you have a plan and a product behind you, that makes it so much easier to sell. So on social media, you've got to be sharing stuff like you have a methodology. For me, I share 206020. I share my VEMS model. I share a lot of different methodologies so people know that I have a plan. And then the final thing in the VEMS model is S for skills. And this is typically where most people are posting online. If you're a fitness coach, you're posting fitness tips, okay? I'm a business coach. Here's my business tips. And and you definitely want to be putting that online, but you've got to mix it up with the vibe experience methodology. So you get all four of those in there and you speak to your one true client, okay? You will have no problem attracting a endless stream of high quality clients through organic social media and content marketing for your online business. And see, I love this. And I guess I'm listening to you and kind of backtracking through my, my road to where I am now. And I have been probably doing some of this without even knowing that I was doing it. And just as a, a for instance, I had, a, I guess, oh, last week, two weeks ago, And one of my cats, everybody knows that I have cats and a dog. And, you know, one of my cats, he's a hashtag on Facebook. He gets Christmas presents. He is hashtag Hamilton is an ass. He's a 20 pound ginger. (laughs) People remember his name. 
two days ago I opened up my door and there was a package out there from this guest who sent the most wonderful cat bed to my felines because that's how a lot of people recognize me and I'll tell you why there are no pictures of me on the internet never have been never will be either it's just how I operate my privacy is very important to me and I started my business in 2001 I started my podcast in 2008 and, you know, this is about the time, you know, people were saying, oh, you got to have your picture out there. You got to do the, you know, I fight with, with my nav system. She's not the boss of me. So you don't tell me I have to do anything. I'm not going to do it. But it has worked for me. I started this podcast so I could meet people like you and, you know, my other guests from all over the world. In so many ways, you become my mentors. But I did it kind of my own way. And the cat thing came to be being because I needed to personalize who I am. I can't just say, oh, yeah, I'm a web developer. Oh, I'm a podcaster. Oh, you need to know who I am. And the cats make it very personable. And when I tell you they get Christmas cards, I'm not joking. They do. But people love these stories. They love the stories that you tell. They love stories we tell, especially when yeah, they're pertinent to what's going on in, in other people's lives. Storytelling is so, so, so important. So, you know, and I don't want to grow up to be the cat lady that sits on the porch with a shotgun and a bottle of rum. I really don't. And I hope that's not in my, my future history. But it's an important part of how I live. So I, I love that, Denise. Yeah, I mean, that's a perfect example with, with Hamilton and just I mean, it's impressive that you don't have any pictures online, but you've been no. able to build such a successful brand. And it is because you have found that vibe through your voice and the stories you tell. Exactly. And honestly, until you said that and I started writing it down, I didn't realize that's what I was doing. I was really just looking for a way to get people to say, okay, she's human. You know, she's funny. She's got a sense of humor. Okay. I kind of like her. That's really all I was after. Well, you built a brand on it, Denise. I did. I did. But and I'm telling you, this is what I want you to do, Lindsay, if you would, because ChatGPT is going so fast. Things are changing so fast. And you've got brilliant, brilliant insights and tips. There's that word. Would you be willing to come back in the new year, say February, and just kind of let's check in and see where things have changed and what you've learned that you can help people with? Denise, I would love to. Okay, good. I'm writing you down. I think I'm booked now for through February, but let's, let's, I'll get in touch with you and we'll do February or March because things are going to change. You know, they are, I know they are. And I don't want to just leave it right here because there's just so much more to learn. I love it. I love it. I would be, I would be, I would love to come back. Okay, great. Listen, what inspired you to pursue this passion and how did you get started? Because you've, you know, the work that you've been doing, you haven't veered that far off, but in fact, you're still doing the work that I think you originally started doing, but what got you so excited about chat GPT? Was it the marketing aspect? Yeah. I mean, you know, I have always just had a true passion for effective marketing and sales techniques. It's, I, I love being on the cutting edge of things. I love developing systems and I love finding tools and ways to more effectively help my customers. And so when ChatGPT came on the scene and I, I went out to dinner with a colleague and he was like, Lindsay, this is a game changer. You need to listen up. I went home that night and I spent an hour 
with ChatGPT and my mind was blown. And, and because I am an expert and have been in digital marketing and, and business for a very long time, I am able to use my expertise to really understand the power of this. Um, my background is in information systems, which is a mix of computer programming and business slash marketing. And so ChatGPT is the perfect you know, crosshairs for that. It speaks my language. I know how to code. I know how to program. I know how to talk to a computer. And I also know how to market and sell. And so it's the perfect, it's like peanut butter and jelly for me. ChatGPT is the marriage of my two skill sets. And that makes perfect sense. And I knew that about you. So when I realized that you were talking and teaching ChatGPT, I went, oh, nobody better. Perfect yeah, yeah, like you said. I'm, I'm, a little, I'm a little, I'm very excited about ChatGPT, Denise. I could tell your voice went up yeah. when you were talking about it. And I mean, <laughs> same thing with my friend. He said, oh, you know, I, I wake up every morning and drink my coffee. Now he drinks a couple pots of coffee. Me, if I even think about coffee, I'm gagging. It just hurts my stomach to think about it. <laughs> but, you know, he gets his coffee on board and then he sits down and he goes into ChatGPT. He's, he's like a kid. He's like, oh, and all of a sudden, the way he has produced some of his content, which was good, but now it's much, much gooder. It's much, much better. And now he's like, oh, my brain's on fire. Oh, I can do this. And oh, I can do that. It really, it clears the fog. If you're, you know, you're just stuck in, oh, I've got so much to do. Oh, I don't know what to do next. Oh, yeah. But all of a sudden, you can give chat GPT a list and you're like, okay, Got it. Here I go. Yeah, it can really, it can really get you unstuck from, you know, a lot of times entrepreneurs do get stuck with what is the next step or I don't know, or my mind is not in that creative place right now, or I don't remember what I was going to do or what I knew or what I was so dang passionate about when I sat down to write this podcast article or this blog post and chat GPT can really just get you running right? Just with a simple question. I mean, you could even ask it. I'm not sure what to ask you. I have a lot to do today. Help me. And ChatGPT will give you good questions for that. Because it's working off of your, your list, your 50 line list. Yes. Perfect. And I hear a lot about people saying, you know, experts, I used quotes, air quotes here. Well, <laughs> you know, you need to train ChatGPT to work in your voice. Well, I understand that. Can you go a bit further with that? Yes. So what, the most powerful stuff that I do with ChatGPT is I will take a podcast interview like this or a Facebook Live that I've done or, or even a talking head reel, and I will put it into another really awesome piece of AI software. One of my favorites is called Descript. And when you upload a video to Descript, then it will give you a nice transcript. It allows you to really edit that video in a very easy way as well. But um, I grab that transcript and then I put that into ChatGPT and I say something along the lines of, hey, ChatGPT, I tell ChatGPT what I'm doing. You always have to give it the context, okay? Hey, ChatGPT, here is a podcast interview I did with Denise Griffiths, okay? Here is the transcript. Please provide me five Instagram posts using as many of my same words as possible to advertise this podcast episode. And so when I say stuff like using as many of the same words as possible, this thing always comes out sounding like me because it's grabbing those words from uh, the transcript. And 
you know, I do it for that. I do it when I sit down to write my emails. I write a weekly email to my list and I don't want that to be chat GPT'd, but is what I will do is I will sit down and I will write my emails to my list and I will, I will word salad this thing. It would just like whatever comes to me, I'm just sitting there madly typing into a Google doc, but then uh, we're in the past to clean that up and to make it sound right. It would take me, you know, like an hour, but instead I take that word salad and I put it into ChatGPT and I say something like, Hey, ChatGPT, here is an email to my list. Please correct this for grammar, punctuation, and clarity using as many of my same words as possible, make any necessary judgment or necessary adjustments, and then provide an itemized list at the end of everything you changed. And so when I go into ChatGPT like that, my email, my making my email sound really great is so simple. It sounds like me. I know what ChatGPT recommends that I change. And it makes even those weekly emails, which are so important that they come from me and sound like me, makes it go so much faster. Because again, I'm giving ChatGPT that context. That is brilliant. And now we're we're talking about, I was going to ask you about um, Descript. Would taking, um, you know, when you're having a Zoom meeting and you're recording it, it will give you the transcript. Would that work? Can you just dump that? Yes. Yeah. Or Zoom now has a really great AI. I mean, you know, Zoom will do really great notes about what you've talked about as well. It has a great AI assistant. You can absolutely take that. And I always am plugging boatloads of words into chat GPT and saying, use my words, use as many of my words as possible. That's how you're going to get around it sounding like a bot. And see, this is so important. And I cannot stress this to our audience enough. Chat GPT is here to stay. As Lindsay said, it is here to stay. You're not going to avoid it. You've probably been dealing with it as a consumer for a lot longer than you think you have, but now it's just kind of mainstream. The problem with mainstream is that everybody jumps on board and they don't take the time to become expert or train themselves or really even understand it. So pay attention, pay attention from the side. And and I think the level, you know, I think it's also making it, it was already easy enough, Denise, to start an online business, you know, like everyone jumps on that to your expertise, you know, point, which is it's easy enough to be like, Hey, I'm a professional coach and nobody, it's hard for people to know because we're all online. And if you have a certain level of professionalism, well, ChatGPT, I call it the bot apocalypse. Okay. We're going to be surrounded by bots and it's going to be really hard for these consumers to know who to trust because starting an online business and being a presence out on social media is going to be easier than ever. I mean, some of the latest AI that's even coming out with like the deep fakes and uh, videos, there's, there's videos on my TikTok that I'm literally like, are you a robot or are you a person? Like it's even hard for me to tell. I know. And, you know, it used to be on Messenger if you got, well, for a while there, it was, if, if somebody, Facebook Messenger, if somebody sent you a message, you knew it was a real person. And then a couple of years ago, it's like, really? Everybody yeah. was sending these automated things and that kind of calmed down a little bit. But there was this pretty famous guy who was trying to reach me on, on um, Messenger and I accused him of being a bot turns out he wasn't and I made him prove that he wasn't because it was just so robotic Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah you I mean that's the future and that's why it's so important to showcase your VEMS online it's the only thing that's going to 
help you stand out against the bots. Well, and we have to pay attention and not be afraid of it. And you have given us so whole much terrific information. Is there anything else you want the audience to know before I let you go? And then I definitely want you to come in in the new year. Yeah. I mean, I would just say this is that again, don't be afraid of ChatGPT. Sit down for a half an hour, ask it a couple of questions and just treat it like a VA. Talk to it like a team member and 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 and, and think about how you can implement in any part of your business. We use it to implement systems. We use it in our, like we use it in our sales. If I have somebody on a sales call that has an objection that I've never heard before. Okay. When I'm done with that call, I go to chat GPT and I say, obviously it's in my sales thread. And I'll say something like, Hey, chat GPT, here's an objection. What would be something I could say next time? So start using chat GPT, get comfortable with it. It's a skill like, you know, like anything else is like the first time you use it, it's scary and it's hard and it's time consuming, but the more practice you get, the more, the more it can really help you. And in the long run, it will help you be more profitable and it will help you uh, really scale your, your business. Lindsay, I think what I'm taking away the most today is threads. I think that's something that I have not really paid. In fact, I don't think, I know it's something I haven't really paid attention to. Even though at the corner of my eye, I was kind of aware of it. I just didn't recognize the importance of it. So guess what I'm doing today? Yeah. And just rename those. Just like I have one called podcasting. I have one call one for every one of my customers. And so, like I said, I get on a client call and he wants to pick up where we left off. All I have to do is go to that thread. I don't even have to give ChatGPT any context because it already has it. That is brilliant. And I'm going to be doing that for all of my podcast guests, you included. You're going to be the first one. But I love it. In there because I asked for help, you know, writing what was I going to ask you? You know, what was the your bio? So you're, you're already in there. Now you're going to be renamed though. Listen, before Lindsay, thank you so much for being with me today. It's spending time with you is always a pleasure. And I'm genuinely sorry it took us so long to get you back on, but now we'll get you back soon. So I love it. Oh, thank you. Before we go, would you mind sharing your online presence and your preferred means of contact for those who wish? Yes. To- can I, can I give away? Uh, I have a, I have a, fr- I have a chat GPT prompt guidebook I could give away. Are you okay with that, Denise? Absolutely. It's in the show notes, by the way. So do it. Awesome. Okay. So you can find me at lindsayacom That is my website. And on all social media, I am at the.lindsay.anderson. That's L-I-N-D-S-E-Y. A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N. And if you want to grab my free ChatGPT resource, well, I give you some of these example prompts that I've talked about today. All you need to do is head over to lindsayacom slash ChatGPT, and you can pick up that guidebook. Do not miss it. I give you tons of examples of what we talked about today. I downloaded it yesterday and it's brilliant. So thank you for that. Well, listen, everybody, as we conclude today's episode, your feedback means a lot to me and to Lindsay. So if you found the show helpful, please support us with a quick review on iTunes. Your input is really vital in my mission to inspire and empower more individuals. So don't forget to hit subscribe, leave a review, and share your partner in Success Radio with friends and colleagues. And be sure to find Lindsay on the web, download that book, and connect with her. And thank you for tuning in. Get your voice heard. If you would like to launch your own far-reaching podcast, contact Denise Griffiths at yourofficeontheweb.com and go to the podcast tab.